Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Rovello, and I am here with my amazing and glorious co-host, Dr. Jay Calvert. How are you? Feeling glorious. Oh, yes. Yes. Good to see you, Dr. Rovello. <laughs> Thank you. Always a pleasure. This, uh, this topic is a uh, tough one. It is. It is one that we are both very familiar with, and one that makes us both go, oh, Downsizing breast implants. Never an easy one. No, a lot of work. Yes. Uh, there's a lot to do. You got to be, you got to kind of be very observant at all the issues that you're going to encounter in taking somebody to smaller breast implants. Right. It is a, it's a tough job because generally someone's had breast implants for a while maybe they liked them at one point maybe they liked the size and then went on to have kids or became pregnant or weight gain weight loss for whatever reason now the implants are too large for them and they want to keep them but they want to go down to a smaller size the problem is well there's a lot of problems but one internally the capsule that lining around the breast implant is stretched out and has to be adjusted and fixed. Number two, the skin itself has been stretched out and needs to be addressed. And both of those things can be tricky to fix and they both can heal in completely opposite ways, which makes the healing process tricky to predict. Correct. And uh, the other thing that also comes up for me is the positioning of the inframammary fold. Mm. You know, because not only are you dealing with that capsular tissue, but because you're going smaller, well, and of course it's how much smaller you're going that makes a difference. A lot of times you have to adjust the inframammary fold. You have to raise it and close right. down the space. Yeah, especially, I mean, it's been a very large implant that's been there for a little while. That fold will have dropped a little bit, which is not the worst thing in the world to address, but it does make the redraping of the skin and where you put your incisions tricky. Right. And that's the thing. A lot of times um, patients may also need a uh, full uh, anchor scar wise pattern mastopexy or they might need a periareolar mastopexy or they might not need one at all. And that's sometimes hard to know depending on the size of the implant, how much mm -hmm. breast tissue there is. There's a lot right. of factors that kind of lead me as the surgeon when I see these patients to say, look, you got to kind of give me creative license to do the right mastopexy, to do the right downsizing. Maybe I can't go quite as small as you want to on this go. Maybe I can go, maybe I need to go smaller. Maybe I, I just need to make great looking breasts, but you have to tell me what your goals are so that I can match your goals with the anatomy and the situation at hand with the implant that's there, where the right. fold is, et cetera, et cetera. And the issue that arises a lot of times with these patients, I actually just had this consult yesterday, a woman that had breast implants, wanted to be smaller, and she comes in and she says, I just want them out. I just want the implants out. And I do hear that a lot. And I'm like, I just, I'm done with them. I want them out. And I say, okay, but that's going to leave you with an incredibly unattractive breast, especially if you have small breasts to start out with and you need a lift and you're taking skin and there's no breast tissue. And I show them pictures and I'm like, you know, this is, you're going to see all these scars. The breasts are going to be sort of flat. They're not going to be cute. You have no breast tissue. 
and they they freak out obviously and so then that's when they say okay we'll keep the implant in but make me a lot smaller so a lot of times these are women who would prefer to have the implants out but they can't because they just don't have enough breasts to make a natural looking breast or they're okay with being smaller, but they're not okay with having the look of a natural breast. They like the fullness they have with their implants and that superior pole fullness, and they don't want to lose that because as soon as the implant comes out, that's gone. That's that. That is, you're, now you have a very natural-looking breast. It, you can do a mastopexy, but it's still not going to replace that volume up top. And I can't tell you how many times I have women come in and shove their breasts up and say, well, why can't you just lift it? We're doing a lift, right? Can you lift it higher? Can you just, they they push their breast up to their tonsils and they say, just, I want to get a lift, right? (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Like, ah, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Anatomy doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. And especially in women that have had implants for some time, what I've noticed is that number one, the breast implant itself will thin the breast tissue. So maybe you started out with C-cup natural breasts after having implants for a while, your breast tissue's gone down to maybe a B-cup. It just, it atrophies the breast tissue. But it really atrophies it, it seems the most in the upper pole. That's where it seems to really lose volume. And then the whole lower pole, the bottom part below the nipple, seems to sort of stretch out. So you got all this extra skin and breast hanging below the nipple and not a lot of breast tissue above the nipple. And so that's always the tissue they're trying to push up and say, can't you just push this up here? And I'm like, I, I can't. <laughs> What's going to hold it there? There's no like, you know, wire frame in there. Yeah, I, I can't. It doesn't, no, it doesn't, doesn't work, work that, way. that way. And especially if you have very little breast tissue, I can't. Um, If you have a lot of nice breast tissue, I can sort of rearrange the breasts and maybe give you something workable. But smaller breasts, or if you want to keep that upper pole, you have to keep an implant. And in general, it's going to be a smaller implant than you wanted, or originally. So you got to figure out a way to to make it work. And it's tricky. Yep. Those are all the issues. And you want it to look great when it's over. So... All those things that you talked about are what, when we're doing the consultation, I know, because the the patients don't quite understand, like, they're not supposed to understand surgery, but it's our job to help them understand what the issues are that we're up against in doing these types of operations. And that's where, where, you know, clear communication, you know, listening to their concerns, you know, I I really pay attention, like, I want it like this, and they go through all of it, and I say, okay. We can do these things. We can't do these. You know, th- this is this is good. These are not going to happen. And where where do you want me to fall in on the result that we're trying to get? Which is why, and we say it all the time, it really helps when patients bring us photos of what the look that they're going for. Because right. we can shoot for that look, and we know how to put it together yeah. to get the look that they want. But when we're given directions on how to do surgery by people that have never done any surgery it becomes very challenging mm, to say the least <laughs> i know i had a patient yesterday trying to tell me how to do an operation and i just said you know that's interesting that you're telling me to do this that way how many rhinoplasties have you done and i i i, I, I said because i've done five thousand, and last i checked it doesn't work that way you know and it's and it really is because they believe they've read enough on mm-hmm. Google, you know, enough Googling Google. yeah. and enough internet and enough forums and enough direction from other patients on what to say and how to say it that all of a sudden they know how to tell us to do how to do the operation. But that just isn't so, is it? It really isn't. And that is 
That is challenging. <laughs> it's very, very challenging. I've just gotten kind of like, I, I kind of just say like, well, I, you don't know how to do this. So like, how are you telling me to do this? Like, you, but, you, but you don't. The woman on Facebook said, that's my I favorite. Know. And so I, you have to kind of direct them because it seems like those things that you read on the internet can, can happen. Like when you're reading them, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's me. I can totally do that." And that's when the oh, that's simple. I should do the surgery myself, but it's, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No, every, and certainly everyone comes in with different body types and different needs and different desires, and it's you just got to figure out what's going to work for that patient and what's not. And it can be it can be really hard. Although, and I'm sure you will agree with me on this one. In general, I'm a big fan of silicone implants over saline. But in this particular patient population, when they come in with saline implants, I'm like, yes, this gives me options. It does. Well, that's <laughs> This true. gives me options. So if you have saline implants in, I can deflate them in the office. It's super simple. Stick a needle in there, deflate them. This, the implant will go down to just its shell. And then the patients can really see what size they are naturally. Because a lot of them don't know how much breast tissue they actually have. So number one, it allows the patient to see what size they actually are without an implant. Number two, uh, it allows the skin to actually contract a little bit. So maybe you don't have to do as much of a lift as you think you might. And number three, you can assess if you even need a lift. Because sometimes just taking them out is enough or just putting in a small implant is enough. And you don't have to necessarily do as big a lift or even a lift. Unfortunately, we don't always get a lot of those patients. But no, a lot of people have silicone implants. A lot of them have silicone well, what I've seen when I take out implants, which has become very common in our practices now, people want to remove their implants altogether and do some fat grafting or whatever. Um, I find that the breasts kind of snap back pretty well. They, they, they go back to where they started a lot of the times. Without doing anything? Yeah, I mean, just taking out the implants, just let it heal. Um, they can go through some awkward phases in that healing period yeah. where they look kind of bad. But ultimately, they, they sort of settle. settle out. They do. I, uh, I agree. And I'm definitely getting more on that train. Because um, I used to be like, oh, take them out, do a lift, like dogma. But lately, like over the past year or so, I'm, I'm more and more just saying, take them out. I think your breasts are going to be fine. Just take them out. The caveat to that is that the patient has to know that there is a chance they may have to come back and do a lift sure. if things don't settle how they like or put another implant in. So they sort of have to be okay with maybe having a second surgery. But I think if there's a chance that it can avoid putting un, you know, ugly scars on their breast, a lot of times they'll sign up for it and be like, well, let's let's give it a shot. And yeah, I, I agree. The implants or the, the breast can settle into a nice natural shape just by removing the implant and letting it do, the, do its thing. I have taken out many uh sets of implants where i've done nothing and they they kind of just have done i, I can't yeah. re- think of one where i've had to go back and do something about it they've just done fine they've done okay the only time i get a little nervous doing that is if they have practically no breast tissue if they have no yeah. breast tissue well they shouldn't they just need to have an implant replaced because even a lift is not going to do anything for no. that patient so very 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 little breast tissue very little skin they're going to heal a little wonky because they're just going to stick down to the chest wall. 
Wonky is not good when no, it comes wonky to brass. Wonky is not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think those are sort of the keys. And then you, as the patient, you just have to understand that you may need revisional surgery. Yeah. Even after doing the downsizing, you go down, you might have to tighten the skin a little bit. I, I tell patients it's about 10% chance that they'll have to have an additional procedure. And part of the, pro- the problem that we didn't address is what we do with the internal pocket, the capsule. Yeah. Um, because we've been focusing, well, what do we do with the extra skin? But on the inside, say you had a 750cc implant in there, that's a big pocket or capsule that's around the implant. And then say you go down to a 350 or a 400cc implant, it's a much smaller diameter implant. And if you don't close the capsule off, make the internal capsule smaller, that implant is just going to slide out to the side and be in a position that you don't want. You want it to sit nice and center. So you got to do some work on the inside. You can do popcorn capsulorophies where you apply some heat and shrink the capsule. You can use sutures to tighten it up and make it smaller. But you have to do something to tighten it up. I've even, you know, put in mesh, a dermal absorbable mesh to reinforce those repairs so that they will heal around the implant in the position I want so that that implant doesn't start slip sliding back into its old big pocket and then get displaced. Totally. I, I agree with you 100% on that. You've got to think about that that internal pocket because I've said it before, uh, the breast augmentation should be called breast pocket control because <laughs> that's really what it's yeah. about. You know, the device is the device and how you use it and how you place it and how you get the pocket to live around that implant is what shapes the breast. And that's what's going to make it either look great or not so great. Agreed. Uh, So, yeah, I think those are the keys. I I think you have to really spend time with your patient to kind of walk them through all this. Walk them through it and understand that this is not a simple thing. It sounds easy. Just, oh, can't we just put a smaller implant in? It's not that simple. This is not an easy thing. This is way more complicated than the first round of breast implant placement. And it's going to be a process. It's going to be expensive. There's going to be some healing issues. You may need a revision. Like this is not simple, straightforward surgery by any stretch of the imagination. Cool. Any other, any other points for that? No, I think that that's, that's about it. Well, why don't you take us out then? <laughs> and this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Ravello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medispa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.